It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 24. On this week's episode, we have a crazy coronavirus update. We talk about when wildlife fights back and a spooky haunted Airbnb. Grab your ghost detectors and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. G'day, mateys. mateys. Not so bon voyage, Vanisode, episode two, and episode 24 of the podcast. Yes, we are back in the van. We are recording in the van. It's just a really comfortable setup. You know, we're just extremely comfortable right now. Just hunched over. Hunched. For anybody who missed Vanisode one, this is the Not So Bon Voyage podcast from the van which means that we are currently on the road making our way back to California after being in Canada for two whole freezing months. So cold, you guys. Oh, my God. We were freezing. I am so happy to be back in uh, not freezing weather. This morning was one of the first mornings that we saw a bright sun and were warmed by the sun in about two months. And I don't think we'll ever take it for granted. Never, never again. Son, I love you. I'm ready for my soul to warm, and I'm ready for it to be spring. Let's spring into it. Let's spring right into it. In Canada, we loved you as well, but you weren't without your difficult moments, such as for anybody who's been following along the last couple of weeks, you know we've had a few issues in the snow, and that was all capitulated? No. What's capitulated mean? Um, Like a capitulation? Is that like a combination? Um, I don't know. That's not the word you're thinking of. It was like, uh, <laughs> oh, God, you're going to make me try and find words on the podcast. It's like the pinnacle. Okay. The pinnacle of our van troubles in the snow were about five days ago when we got proper, proper stuck in the snow. There may have, may or not have been some misjudgment as to whether a road was actually a road or whether a ditch was actually a ditch, but basically... Someone out of the two of us drove the van into... <laughs> he who will not be named. He who he or she who will not be named... It's a he, but ...was one. driving along a certain small road, very small, narrow road. It was actually it was quite... not that. It was, it was actually quite... It was a normal road. It was actually quite treacherous to begin with and uh, really just showed, just demonstrated a very sophisticated driving level from he or she... Uh, who was driving at the time. Sophisticated driving level of driving into the snow ditch? Is that what the sophistication was? Well, whoever was driving judged that the snowy bank that was level with the road was perhaps just a little bit of a light dusting on the side of a road, which was a pullout. And in fact, when he or she drove onto that area, it was actually a ditch full of snow. So the van just went bonk. And we lost the two right side wheels into the van and... We, the TLDR of that is Jules drove into a snowbank and well, got us stuck. Okay. If anybody to, wants the uh, the summary. Don't have to call me out on that. Cliff notes. And then we had to call uh, the emergency services to come and pull us out. So it was quite the ordeal. It was fun, though. Yeah, shout out to uh, CAA, AAA's cousin up north. Yes, which interesting fact to know if you are driving, if you are a AAA, which is American Assistance... Automobile Association. Association. Anyway, AAA, most people have it. It costs you absolutely fuck all all year to have. And it works in Canada, which is great because we called it and it worked. Yeah, and they sent out uh, as a priority. 
Yes, they very. Because said he was cold. Yeah. So they were like, you're cold on the double. Well, no, I was trying to get them out. They said 90 minutes to come and rescue us from the and snow ditch. And was like, I'm freezing. Can you come sooner? And, I, and they said, well, unless it's a priority. I said, well, it's pretty cold out here at the moment. So. And they came really quick. And they came quick. It took them about 20 minutes. So good on you. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, CAA. Thanks, CAA. We they were in Banff at the time, so whoever that guy was. He was actually not very talkative. He was, I wouldn't say not friendly, he just wasn't very talkative. But he got us out, and he was very good at his job, so cheers. Cheers. But we are back in the van, and we've wrapped up, pretty much wrapped up our time in Canada now. Well, we're actually out of Canada, so we have wrapped it up. But we had a great time in Canada, even though it was freezing. We probably wouldn't do that long a trip in winter again, because it was quite cold. And it was just... It's not like we had a lot of not-so-bon voyages, apart from being stuck in the snow multiple times, but it was just all around too cold. Too cold, difficult to see things, like low visibility with all the snow, but we did have a lot of fun skiing and Banff and snowboarding and just, you know, enjoying the winter wonderland of Canada. It was a winter wonderland, but the summer, what's the equivalent of a summer wonderland? Summer. Summer sass. Summer sass? Summer sass. Winter Wonderland and summer sass. Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll have to work on on it. We'll we'll workshop that. Sensational summer. But we're back. We're back in the warmth, and it's great. And we've got a lot of things to talk about today. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of a different episode where we're just going to tell a lot of little stories because there's so much going on. There's so much going on, and the world has gone crazy. We are going to touch on coronavirus again towards the end of the episode with an update of some more not so bon voyages that are happening around the world, and also just just we just want to try and hype down the hysteria a little bit because people are fucking yeah, everybody chill out. Everybody needs to chill out a little bit, but we're going to warm into it because we don't want to jump straight into it yet. We've got a couple of great stories. Well, I, my stories are good. I don't know about yours, Christine, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, we've got a couple of great stories to discuss and a couple of controversial things to talk about. Oh, I love controversial things. Yep. So let's just get into it, Christine. Ladies first. Okay. You said um, you've got some cool things to talk about today. Let's see how cool they are. I do. They're very cool. Not not literally, but they're cool-ish. I'll go with that. So I'm going to start off by elaborating on a story that we talked about last week. So last week we oh, talked- Oh, the pigeons on the plane. Okay. All I'm right. talking so. about more pigeons. Bring on the pigeons. Hello. We are in the van in a parking lot of a park, and some man with a chuck full of tires just came by and gave us a look, and he's looking back. He's looking back. Hello, dude. And he's wondering what these two strangers are doing with all this weird uh, technical equipment. <laughs> we probably do look really weird. There are a couple of terrorists in this town. Ter- We're in the middle of nowhere in Washington State. It is called Colonel? Connell? Connell. Connell. There's a prison. Connell. Uh, There's a prison that we can see from our van. So it's really got a lot of things going for it. Actually, to be fair, it has a very nice park that it we're, does have a that nice we're park. currently sitting in the van in. and But it also has a prison. So there you go. <laughs> and I, we probably look hilarious. I'm like in the front area. Jill's in the back. We both have our microphones out and our laptops out. And it's probably really funny. This is a very scientific uh, laboratory happening right here in the van. It is extremely scientific as usual. So last week, we talked about the man whose laptop broke 
Uh, on the plane, when、oh, the person in front of him, the recline the or not to him, recline, the the great debate, the great travel debate. So he had his computer, his laptop, up on the tray table, and he had tucked the top of his laptop into kind of the lip of where the tray table latches. Yeah, he'd really sort of like he popped, popped it in really、there. popped it in there, and the woman in or, sorry, the man in front of him reclined, and his computer squished. Crack the screen! It got all messed up.、It、squished like a big tomato. So last week I said that he was annoyed, obviously, <laughs> just annoyed.、Um, but I didn't get into too much detail. Well, this is annoying. My computer's broken. So now I have more detail. So the man whose computer got squished was named Pat Cassidy. Wait, where did this information come from? So he has since written a piece about his experience for Barstool Sports. Oh, okay. So obviously a very trusted news source. Very、there. trusted news source. Breaking news, actually, around the news. When you think of hard cutting, hard edge. What、yes. is it called? Hard, hard news. Hard news. When you think of hard news, news that's hard to talk about, you think of the BBC, you think of Al Jazeera, you think of Barstool Sports. BS for short. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Pat Cassidy. Do you know what job Pat Cassidy has? Oh,、uh, he's probably a tech guy. Is he? Yeah. Is he a programmer? No. Uh, I don't know. He's a podcast host. He's a, he's a podcast host. Yes. I'm not going to shout out his podcast because I don't really need to be doing that. But if you want, you can look him up. <laughs> I actually don't know what his podcast is called. Well, there you go. And、so、I feel、couldn't... neutral about this man, so I'm not here to give him a shout out. But I'm not here to talk shit about him. And so, it sounds like you've got an opinion about this guy. <laughs> well, all of this comes from a piece that he has written. So this is all coming from the horse's mouth. So. Just put that out there. So you may remember Pat was on a flight from Austin to LA on a Delta flight. Yep. Apparently he was going to LA to visit the Magic Castle, which apparently is a literal castle and a members-only magicians clubhouse. Is he a magician? I don't think he was a magician. He said something about you can go there and get drunk with the magicians and see them in their natural habitat. So maybe he's a magician groupie. Maybe he's some sort of like big fan. He's like, a wand slave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What do we see here is the magician in their natural habitat. It's actually going to be David Attenborough's、uh, Planet Magician. Yeah. His next BBC Magic Planet. Magic Planet. Magic Planet. Yep. The magician is still in his parents' basement at forty-five. <laughs> What we see is. In the corner, a game of unresumed Dungeons and Dragons. That's exactly right. This is exactly word for word what will be in the documentary. Yes. Did you get a leaked、uh, transcript? I did actually. David、okay. Attenborough hit me up for a little bit of、uh, voiceover. A bit of voiceover.、Oh, I like it. I feel like you could add some really great Australian elements to that documentary. So he is on his way to the Magic Castle. I mean, he just wants to go to the Magic Castle. You know, it's every boy's dream. So the person in front of him reclines the seat, as we know, and apparently, when he complained to the flight attendant, she actually checked the guy in front of him who reclined the seat and made sure that guy was okay. And she basically told the guy, like, "Tough luck. Every passenger needs to be able to fully recline their seat." Ah,、oh, so that flight attendant is just laying down the law. Yes, and if you recall、uh, a couple episodes, we also talked about the、um, woman who reclined her seat, and the guy was punching the back of her seat, and then the flight attendant gave. Him Him alcohol, 
Mm. So, you so know. the flight attendants really haven't picked a side with they this. They have not picked a side. I want to hear from the flight attendants uh, union. I would like to hear a statement about what side they choose. Well, they wouldn't choose a side, would they? They would just sit on the fence. Yeah. Typical flight typical attendants. Typical flight attendants. Typical, typical. So he has since called the reclining passenger a selfish bastard and a piece of shit. Oh, okay, this guy needs to get over himself. I'm glad you didn't shout his podcast out, and don't even don't even say his name again. Don't let anybody look up this guy's podcast. Well, to be fair, I think the barstool he's obviously trying to capitalize on his you know five minutes of fame in this you know scenario, and I think the barstool sports piece was pretty tongue in cheek, you know. Not to be taken too literally, but he did say that. So basically, his stance on reclining is, you never fully recline. It's rude and a sign of sociopathy. Okay. Well, this guy is clearly just looking for, yeah, exactly. Like you said, he's five minutes of fame. Probably a good plug for his podcast if anybody's uh, mentioning it. But other than that, this guy can get... Yeah. So he's since contact Delta and they said, I'm sorry your laptop was broken due to another passenger reclining on your seat. It's not fair when one person's behavior affects another person. (laughs) I love that. It's so patronizing. It's so patronizing. Basically, they can't reimburse him for the computer because it was another passenger's fault. But they did give him 7,500 airline miles. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, So another reason to get travel insurance because then that would probably be covered. But I feel like you wouldn't think if you were going domestic, flying within your com- your country, I was going to say company, if you're flying within your country, why would oh, you get true. travel insurance? Good point. Can you even get travel insurance for your own country? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe you've got some kind of trip insurance if you book it with your credit card or something. Hmm. I don't know. He'll probably get something back on insurance. Yeah. So the great debate uh, fires on, grills on. What am I thinking of? Um, burns on. Burns on. It burns on. To the burn recline, continues. to recline or not to recline. Also, you may remember uh, Wendy Williams, who was the person who had her seat back punched by the man. Yes, she has since said that she'll be calling the FBI to press charges against the man who mistook her for a punching bag. So she'll be in touch. FBI, if you're listening, uh, Wendy Williams will be in touch shortly. She will be in touch about pressing charges, and we will keep you updated with this breaking news. Yeah, as uh, Pat and Wendy continue their debate to recline or to not. Re- I would love to see a debate between the two of them. I would love to see them on a plane together, where in which Wendy Williams is in front of Pat and she reclines her seat. I would love to see his reaction to that. An epic debate. That would be that would be fire. That would be fire. And that would be the last time that Pat ever does that to his computer. I think it's Pat's fault. And I think Pat is, uh, to call the person who reclined a piece of shit just shows that I've, I've got zero time for his story and I don't give I don't give a bum about him. Yeah. Okay. No bums are given. No bums are given. Okay. So I just want to give you a little update on that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the debate. I love it when people are fighting on planes because it gives us stuff to talk about. That's exactly right. Okay, I've got another moron in the story. You got another news. moron? Yeah, I've got oh, another moron in the news. Okay. My story, um, well, I didn't really have a title. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's called Woman Kicked by Moose. Oh, my God. A woman last week in Breckenridge, Colorado, and Breckenridge is in the Colorado Rockies, a woman was captured on camera walking up to a moose that was cruising around town. There was so, a moose cruising around town? There was a moose cruising around Breckenridge. How come I never get to see the mooses cruising? Well, mooses cruisings. Moose, they're the ones taking all the cruise ships now that the coronavirus is going on. Seriously. It's just cruises full of meese. Uh, of meese? Yeah, isn't that plural moose? 
Mace? I'm pretty sure. I've never heard that before. Really? Well, I watch a lot of Planet Earth. Okay. So. So, there is a moose on the loose in Breckenridge, Colorado. Oh, my God. And a woman was captured on camera walking up to it um, and trying to pet it. So, it's walking away and she kind of walks up and gives it a little, like, pat or pet on the bum as it walks away. Then the moose turns around and faces her and heads back in her direction. Oh, and she, a bunch, she's like, did you just touch my ass? like, excuse me. It's a Me Too movement. <laughs> a bunch of pe- so a bunch of people are yelling at this. So someone's capturing it on camera, and a bunch of people are yelling at this woman and telling her to get away from it and to leave it alone. And she just kind of hangs around in front of it. And then I've got the video. I want to show you. Okay. Oh, of course. Great. I lost it. Uh, then the moose. <laughs> I was like, I've got the video ready to go, and then now it's gone. And then the moose basically walks up to it and uses its two front feet to like trying to like double kick her. Whoa! I and didn't know they did that. Yes, I've never seen it before. And then the woman leaves, and here is the video that you can watch and see. Uh, let me just press play and let's see if this video loads. Because you think about meese being very docile. Please don't call it moose, meese. What am I supposed to say? Moose? Mooses? Mooses. Here we go. Here's the video. The girl's an idiot. So you oh. can hear him yelling at her. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Get away. Get away. She is dumb. She's dumb. So, it was... It was only a short video. Uh, Christine, what, what would you say you saw? I would say I saw a woman trying to go up to a moose. <laughs> Very, why would you go all the way up to a moose? It's a wildlife. Leave that alone. Yeah. So basically the the woman is trying to pat it and the moose just turns around and like basically says to her in its moose way, fuck off. She's actually lucky she didn't get kicked from behind. She's very lucky. Because then she would have really got fucked up. But this thing kind of just like threw its front legs out, tried to kick her. Thankfully, it missed the woman, but what an idiot. Yeah, well, whoever is recording the video or standing nearby the person recording the video is like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Yeah, and that's actually the title of the video from the woman who posted it said, can't fix stupid. I love it. This girl smacked the moose's ass and then it kicked her or something like that. Wow. And it's just a reminder for people. And the reason I wanted to talk about this and show, well, one, because it's a funny in the news of a not-so-bon voyage, which could have worked out way worse because yeah. she could have got seriously messed up. This woman just walked away. She ended up being fine. But I think it's just a really good reminder to leave wild animals alone. Yes, Don't please. interact them. Don't pet them. Don't feed them. And you really should be keeping like 50 to 100 feet away from wild animals. Yeah, that's exactly right. Do not feed, do not pet, do not smack the ass of any wildlife. Yes, or you're going to see some lawsuits coming. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of a lawsuit, or at least speaking of the law, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Twitter account posted the video, shared it on their account, and said, oh, do we sound like a broken record? Sorry, but we're not sorry. <laughs> Which I think it would have been cool if they said, sorry, not sorry, but they said, sorry, but we're not sorry. They tried. And then in capital letters, they said, leave wildlife wild. Do not feed or pet. And then they had a little star that said, this person was cited for harassing wildlife. Really? I wonder how much she was charged. I don't know, but just don't fuck with the wildlife. Just don't touch them. And it's interesting because according in this article that I got, uh, which was from, I don't know where it was from. I'll find it. I'll find it and put a link to it. But in this article, they talked about a university study that cited that almost 50,000 people a year need to seek medical, some kind of medical attention after an incident with wildlife. 
Wow. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now, not all those people would be coming up to try to touch the wildlife. No, no, no. This Some could of those just people be... could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But a lot of them probably go, get too close. Yes. Yeah, some of them might might not be that serious. Some of them could just be like a bird swooped you and it pecked you on the head. No. And then you have like crazy stories about people who are hiking like just outside of LA and they get attacked by a mountain lion, mm-hmm. something like that. But what it did do is it actually reminded me of a story, another story that I was going to tell last year. And I just kind of had on the, uh, on the outer just while I was waiting for it to, for the right moment. And this is the perfect moment. And it was a story. I'm just rolling into my next one. Is that okay? I'm here for it. Okay. This is a story that happened in Yellowstone National Park, which is in Wyoming. It has. It's in a bunch of different states. I think it's mostly in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And it's a story about a nine-year-old girl who was charged by a bison <gasps> after she got too close. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. This video is crazy. This girl gets charged by a bison because she gets within like, there's 50 people that are crowding around this herd of bison. If you don't know what a bison is, it's a buffalo. It's a buffalo. It's a buffalo. They're huge. They're big, like prehistoric cows that are very woolly. And you'd be surprised how actual fast they can move. And They're how, beautiful. And, and how, they can jump really high. They can jump really high, like six feet vertical, which I, if you look at one, you'd be like, I don't, I don't get that. But I don't get it. I don't get it. Just look at a buffalo and be like, this, I don't get it. I don't get it. But this huge group is like five to 10 feet around from these huge beasts. And she's out there with her family and this bison just turns and charges them. Wow. And the parents split. Like the parents run one way and the kid runs the other. And the bison just heads towards this nine-year-old girl and tosses her up in the air. Like oh six, my God. six, seven feet up in the air. And she does like a full flip. And lands and then hits the decks. Is there a video? There is a video. Oh, jeez. Here's the video. Okay. So you got this bison. This thing is huge, you guys. It's so big. Christine narrate. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so yeah, the bison's just chilling, walking. It's huge. And then all of a sudden it starts running, and the little girl cannot run fast. And it tosses her up in the air like a rag doll. shit. This thing is... Is that thing looks like pure muscle? Man, what that a, is beefy. And then obviously, uh, Yellowstone came out and said, you know, that thankfully the girl once again was fine. She was taken to medical care, but she was all good. It's just another reminder to not interact with the wildlife because they are wild. That's the whole point of them being called wildlife. That reminds me of, I think it was last year, there was that family in Yellowstone and they found the baby bison. Oh, alone, yeah. I think that might have been a couple years ago. A couple ago years now. ago, yeah. okay. And they took it into their car because they thought they were going to rescue it, but you can't do that. And I'm, did the bison die? I think it ended up dying. I think yeah. it died, yeah. It was really sad. Mm. So don't try to save the animals. Don't touch the animals. Don't feed the animals. They've existed on this earth much longer than you have. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. If anything, our presence is just a constant reminder that we're decimating their populations but anyway we're not an animal welfare uh, animal conservation podcast i mean we are, we're that more than anything else <laughs> we, we are actually we actually actually even more than aviation law in our I other in our other life which is don't forget to move the travel adventure travel blog and responsible tourism blog we actually write a lot about animal welfare and, and animal tourism uh, and how to have ethical interactions with them so as a little tip don't touch the animals don't even feed birds like you know human food nope 
Or don't, and don't feed chipmunks. I see people doing that all the time. Don't feed the chipmunks, yeah, man. Very unsustainable. It's not Alvin. Hey, in Seattle, where we were recently, no, Seattle, Vancouver, there were actual signs that said, don't feed the seagulls. Yes. Which, in this little touristy area on a dock, but it actually said, you are killing the birds if you feed them. It's animal cru- cruelty. It said, yeah, it said, if you feed the birds, it's animal cruelty. Yep. So there you go. There you go. Seattle. Uh, what do I keep saying? Seattle. Vancouver. They're similar. They're very similar, and they're very close to each other, so they're basically the same place. Basically. All right. Next story. Okay. That, that was great. Thank you for sharing those. So this story is a bit of a change of pace now. The story comes from a... It's not really a story. It's actually kind of a, a question I have for you. This is the background. Oh, I love this. So this comes from a member of a travel Facebook group that I'm in. I'm going to call this person Kelly because I reached out to her, but I didn't hear back, so I'm not going to say her name on air. But basically, Kelly books an Airbnb for a trip to Seattle and everything... So Vancouver. So basically Vancouver. I mean, Seattle's kind of like the Canadian, the American Vancouver and vice versa. And vice versa. Both very cool Do you say vice versa or vice versa? You say vice versa. Some people say vice versa. Those people are wrong. Mm, People also say take it for granite. Granite. Take it for granite? Yeah. People say a lot of things. (laughs) There you go. People are incorrect. So... She books an Airbnb for her trip to Seattle. Everything seems totally normal. It's like a cute, you know, spot on Airbnb. So the Airbnb is above a cafe called Merchant's Cafe in downtown Seattle. She looks it up. She wants to know what's around and what's, what, what have you. Yep. And she finds out that the building is actually a stop on a ghost tour in Seattle. Oh. And Love the, a good ghost story. The website for this place talks about how it's haunted the building is haunted it's a stop on a ghost tour uh it's been on two ghost hunting shows so just to give you a perspective on how haunted this place is here are some things that have supposedly happened within this house slash building supposedly being the keyword supposedly supposedly we don't know i cannot confirm i have not done uh my historical research, but or this your, is what they allege. Or your ghost research. I've not done my ghost research. So in the 1800s, a couple of kids died in the basement during a fire. That's one thing. Uh, a lynch mob hung two men on the main floor. Two innocent men were strangled with rope by onlookers for a crime they didn't commit. Maybe I should have done a warning before this. It's a big graphic. Okay. So this is just like a murder hotel. It's a murder building. There has been several places that, you know, people have died within the building. A brothel was started on the third floor and a handful of people died from serious and sudden illnesses. What, from the brothel? I'm not sure. Maybe it was syphilis. Okay. Or chlamydia. Well, the brothel is a good story. That's an up. That's a positive. That is it? Yeah, I guess so. What about like an old school CD brothel? Who knows yeah, what happened in those? Apparently, the current owner had to have a seance because she repeatedly became gravely ill and was ending up in the hospital. She also held an exorcism in the hotel for the spirit of one of the brothel women because the ghost wouldn't stop bothering her. It's so like it you, sounds pretty haunted. What was the ghost saying? You want a root? I don't know. She's saying I cost more than $10. I'm yeah. not sure. You want a hand job? Probably. So you can look this place up. It's called the website is merchantscafeandsalon.com, and they have the full history of all the haunting and all of the history and what's happened there and why you might want to visit. So 
this poor girl has already booked her Airbnb and she finds out it's haunted. I would be really freaked out. So my question to you is, would you stay or would you try to get a refund? And if you couldn't get a refund and didn't have the extra cash to book, like what would you do? So wait, let me get this straight. So she booked she booked a night at this place before she knew it was a haunted place. Yeah. So the Airbnb, I, you, I'll put a link to the Airbnb and I'll also put a link to the cafe and saloon downstairs. The Airbnb listing doesn't say anything about it being haunted. That's interesting that they wouldn't say something like that because I feel like there would be a lot of people who would be very auspicious about staying in a place that has such a troubled history. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm very surprised that they wouldn't say it. Yeah. I, it kind of goes both ways because you would think that it might draw some people to want to stay. Yes. Oh, there would be heaps of people who'd want to stay there. People love doing that ghost hunting stuff. When we were in Virginia City, which is just in uh, like northern Nevada, there was a whole bunch of old, old-timey Western saloons and places that that ghost hunter show had been to a bunch of times. And apparently... There was all this crazy stuff that happened there. And people loved that shit. They eat it up. Yeah. And while we were there, they were filming a ghost show. And apparently they were doing some sort of seance or ceremony upstairs. And the woman who hosts the show said that the woman who was doing the seance, she was the medium, started bleeding from her fingers or something. And that was the sign that the ghost was there. Yeah. It just happened to be conveniently the same time that a local TV crew was coming to interview it. Yep. Very I convenient. Mean, you never know. Who knows? I think all of that stuff. I am not a believer. I'm sorry. I don't believe in Justin Bieber and I don't believe in ghosts. I am a believer, not in Justin Bieber, but I am a believer that there is in some Justice sort Bieber. of. I am a believer in Justice Bieber and I am also a believer in the supernatural to some degree. I don't know if this place is really haunted, but I do think that there are some places that are you know, supernatural. Hmm. Okay. Would I stay there? Um, I mean, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in ghosts because I've never seen one though. The idea of them still kind of freaked me out. So I don't feel like I'd want to stay there, but I also feel like if I was going there by myself, I feel like my imagination would just like run wild and I wouldn't want to stay there. Absolutely. But if I was going there with you, I would be fine to stay there with someone else. Oh, man, I don't know if I could do it. You would be terrible. Christine, if you've you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that Christine has crazy sleepwalking and sleep talking, and she's very restless at night when she's unsettled. And I feel like you would be terrible at a place like this. I wouldn't go there with you because I'd have a a bad night's sleep. I think I'd have to take a Valium or a really heavy sleeping pill or something. I don't I don't think it would be a nice experience for me. No. But I do like learning about that kind of ghost stuff and I wouldn't mind doing like a ghost tour, but I think to actually sleep in the house that's supposed to be haunted, I just don't think I can handle that. Mm. So if you're going by yourself, would you change it? I would change it. If I couldn't afford a new place, I would just put it on a credit card and deal with it later. <laughs> <laughs> I if I was by myself, I I don't know, I'd probably just go there. Whatever. What's the worst that can happen one night? Ghost isn't going to kill you. Probably not, but you never know. Probably not. <laughs> um, but the house, the Airbnb actually is really cute. So I will put a link to it just in case anybody does want to stay there. And we'll also use our affiliate code. So if you're not on Airbnb, you can get a $30 free credit. Yeah. If you're the one person who has never used Airbnb before, you can get a $30 credit to your first Airbnb booking. When you use our link. 
And he is our link. And we'll also get $30. But, you know, that's that's the game. That's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. But, you know, you still get $30, and that's the main thing. And we'd love to hear from you about what if you would stay at a haunted Airbnb or not. Yes. And if you have stayed at, like, a haunted hotel, tell us. Tell us about it. We are on social media, just so you know. <laughs> yes, we are. The whole world is on social media. We're at Not So Bon Voyage, and we're on Instagram. That's where we're mostly at, but we're also on Twitter. But we don't really use Twitter that much, do we? Who uses Twitter? Who uses Twitter anyway? But find us on Not So Bon Voyage on Twitter, and we will have a conversation. We will write back to you. We're not robots. We're real people. Indeed we are. Tell us if you've had a haunted experience. Fantastic. And tell your friends all about it. You know, just those just a little plug, little plug. Okay. Um, do you have another story? I have a short uh, feel-good story, actually. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? Mine, well, mine's not necessarily not feel-good, but it's, it is, you know, it's about the coronavirus, so. Let's start. Let's do that. Okay. And then we'll finish on the feel-good? Yes. Okay. Because I've got a few things to say about this coronavirus. I bet you do. I've got a level, you know, if you turn on the news... And if you look at a newspaper, and if you look at basically anything, you're going to find in- – <laughs> honestly, you will find information about coronavirus anywhere. As we were saying earlier, we are in the middle of Washington State in a place called Colonel. Connell. 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 And we went to a quick mart. What's it called? Circle K. Went to a Circle K convenience store, gas station, and I bought a – bottle of water i don't usually we don't usually buy water we try and fill up our reusable tank if we can but we couldn't find anywhere i bought a bottle of water kill me so sue me i will see you okay but usually we use filtered water and we refill a gallon jug it's neither here nor there but anyway i bought a water that's it that's i'm just saying it okay and then <laughs> as i was buying the water this woman in this town that probably has a population of about 27 people said to me isn't it surprising you can buy this big like thing of water at a small store, but the larger stores are going running out? And I thought, hmm, I think she's talking about coronavirus, but why would somebody in such a small, isolated town in the middle of nowhere be talking about that? So I said to her, oh, what do you mean? And she, she goes, oh, because of the coronavirus, everybody's going crazy buying stuff. Mm. Isn't that insane? It's everywhere, man. Everybody's concerned about it. Like, we are in the middle of nowhere, and people are concerned about it. Yes, everybody is. Crazy. Well, I mean, Washington has had the most confirmed deaths, so maybe that's maybe oh, Washington yeah, in that's particular. True. is. That's probably why. That's probably why. It's probably all over the local Washington news. But anyway, my story is called Not a Grand Old Time. I love it. And my story is about passengers on board the Grand Princess. Have you heard about this ship? Um, no. Well, maybe. Okay. Well, this is So you knew how you know how passengers will quarantine in that ship off the coast of Japan? Yes. This is a similar situation but much closer to home because this is happening in San Francisco. Ooh, shout out. <laughs> yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> passengers on board the Grand Princess are having a very ungrand time. At the moment, as they're currently stuck on board a cruise ship waiting to dock. So they have been on the ship since Wednesday, the 4th of March. Okay. So five That's... days, six, almost six days now. Okay. And they are actually possibly in, uh, disembarking at the moment as we speak. They are set to disembark on Monday at noon. So this is one o'clock on Monday now. Okay. So have they disembarked? I don't know. Okay. Uh, we've been doing the podcast. <laughs> well, basically, they've been stuck on this thing since the 4th of March. They were supposed to be um, 
going into San Francisco, and instead they've been like 10 to 15 miles off the coast of San Francisco in just a holding pattern, just doing loops, just keeping the ship moving. And they are actually now going to disembark at the port of Oakland. Okay. So San Francisco apparently didn't have the uh, infrastructure. Would you like me to look it up and see what the update is? Sure. Let's do a live update. This is going to be live. This is the breaking news, you guys. This has never been done before. I'm searching up. No, there's no updates. Oh, wait. Grand Princess... Oh, no. Sets to dock. Okay. So maybe it hasn't happened yet. Hmm. So if it, it probably hasn't happened yet. It probably haven't, hasn't happened yet, but we will keep you updated. But basically, this it's been a huge clusterfuck of all the different agencies trying to work out what to do with this ship. So it was supposed to be a two-week voyage from San Francisco to Hawaii and then back. But upon its return to San Francisco, it was stopped because they found out that a man who had previously been on that same ship... so. Same ship, but different crews. Um, a couple of weeks earlier, he had got coronavirus and died. Oh, that's sad. Yes. So they stopped the ship and, and they stopped the passengers from uh, getting out of their room. They quarantined them inside their rooms and they basically stopped this ship from entering San Francisco while they worked out what to do with it because someone who had previously been on the ship had contracted coronavirus and died. Wow. So the passengers have been stuck in their room for the last six, seven days or six days. And they've also faced, they also face two weeks of quarantine once they finally do get onto land mm. as they try to make sure that the people aren't going to go back into society with coronavirus. True. So while they've been stuck on this ship, so this is crazy. Like, this is a ship of 3,500 people having a literal not so bon voyage. Literally. Literally. You cannot get a better definition of this podcast than 3,500 people having a not-so-bon voyage. Stuck on a cruise ship with potential corona. Yes. Passengers to kill the time have been given activity kits by the crew. Activity kits. That sounds fun. Like word searches, Sudoku, and quizzes. Oh, God. And there's a rotation program to get the guests out into the fresh air without infecting one another. So they're going out in shifts. Is it similar to the other crews that I discussed on this podcast where they have to be like a meter apart? I think so. Like they probably are discouraging interaction between people and they're bringing them out in small shifts to get some fresh air and exercise. But I'm, I'm assuming that they wouldn't be allowed to interact with each other. Do they have Netflix in their rooms? Well, one couple said that they're watching, they were on their honeymoon. So thankfully they had booked a larger, nicer room and they have a balcony. Oh, I bet everybody who didn't spring for the nicer room is like, oh, oh, damn it. Crazy. So if you're in an interior room and you're stuck in that room, you would go fucking crazy. You would have no windows. No. So these oh, guys, these guys, uh, I think they might have Wi-Fi out there or they've been able to connect or something like that because people are able to check social media, it said, okay. and updating. And one couple said they've been spending their time hanging out on the balcony and watching Marvel movies. That so doesn't sound too bad. So shout out to Marvel movies. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, but they're also going to face quarantine once they get back. Yeah. So, wow. Um, but everyone. So basically, everyone's debating whether or not they should let this ship uh, board, like whether they should let it um, come into a port or not. So that was a huge debate. That's basically why it was stuck in this holding pattern. Because first of all, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And second of all, they've been debating whether they should even let these people enter land or not. Yeah. And this is this is the crazy part as well. Twenty one people on board the ship have, have te- so what they did is they dropped. I think they helicoptered in test kits. 
Okay. And things like that. Yeah, it's full on. Did each test kit have a little parachute that floated <laughs> them down? So they heli- so they helicopter, they dropped in test kits, and 21 people on board the ship have tested positive so far. Oh, wow. Okay, so it d- it's definitely on the ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely on the ship. But how's this? Out of the 21 people who have tested positive, 19 are crew members. So, oh. so you got to think about it's not just guests potentially passing it to guests. You've got crew members into who interact with guests the whole time. Oh, so you got like cleaners, food. chefs, servers, waiters, oh. maids, whatever. You know, they're the people who have got it. So twenty nineteen people of the twenty one are crew. Wow. So they're thinking that the actual number could be much bigger. So there's two thousand four hundred passengers and eleven hundred crew members. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, so 3,500 people stuck on the cruise being quarantined. And whether to let them off or not became this huge intergovernmental thing. It went as high as the White House. Mm-hmm. Trump said he'd prefer not them to dock to help, oh. min- to help minimize infections in the U.S. Okay. But there were like other various uh, federal agencies, so probably the CDC and all these other people. Uh, is it Jerry Brown, the governor? Uh-huh. Is that, is that who it is? Yeah. So the California governor, uh, San Francisco locals, and everything like that. And residents in Oakland- oh, Wait, isn't it Gavin Newsom now? Oh, Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom. That's yeah, it is. Jerry Brown was the old one. He's the old one. Gavin Newsom. So he's involved, all the San Francisco locals, the municipalities, the Oakland, everything like that. And residents in, in Oakland are pissed off that the ship is arriving into Oakland and not San Francisco where it's supposed to dock. Mm. So there's this big thing in Oakland at the moment about this because the Oakland people are like, well, why aren't the rich people in San Francisco taking them in? And basically the idea is that the port of Oakland is bigger and is set up better with infrastructure to do that because what they're doing is they're making this, they've got contractors making a makeshift containment area that people are going to go into once they get off the ship. And they're going to be processed and I guess they're going to be tested. And then they're going to be shipped off to different areas to be quarantined wow. to wait out the incubation period. So remember that coronavirus is like 12 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. You could have the virus but not show symptoms. So basically, once these people get off the ship, they need to be quarantined separately for twelve, like 14 days, two weeks, to show that they don't have the symptoms. So people from... California, California citizens and residents, they're going to be sent. If you're from Northern California, you're going to go to the Travis Air Force Base, which is in between San Francisco and Sacramento. Uh, I guess SoCal, like Southern California, people are going down to somewhere, some Navy base in San Diego, and other U.S. peeps are going to either Texas or Georgia. Wow. And they're all being shipped off to military facilities to wait out this two-week period. Oh, my God. And then foreign citizens are going to be chartered back to their countries. And it's just this crazy, crazy thing at the moment where these people are stuck on this ship. And so, yeah, so as we speak, they could be in the process of getting off in Oakland and finally... I don't know. Well, getting quarantined. Getting quarantined, yeah. Would you rather be quarantined on a naval base or on a cruise ship? Oh, I mean, you've got to just start the process. You've got to, because if the longer they stay on the cruise ship, the longer they're going to have to be quarantined for. Yeah. Like eventually. Get them off. Yeah. So that, we will give you an update on that probably on next week's episode. But that is, uh, yeah. That is so crazy. It's so post-apocalyptic. Yes, I know. It's, It's crazy. And I just wanted to jump into some really quick facts and updates about coronavirus. I know it's, 
everywhere and you might be like a little bit overwhelmed and kind of over it. And I know we are, but I just wanted to, in case you haven't been following it or reading it, I just wanted to throw out some really quick facts just to like kind of calm down the hysteria a bit because it's ruining the travel industry at the moment, like ruining it. Like it's crazy. People are, people are losing their mind. Like toilet paper is being sold out everywhere. There's videos of people fighting over supplies it really gives you an insight into humanity about how crazy we're going. But just as some really, really round numbers, there's been 114,000 cases worldwide in which 63,000 have already recovered. There's only been 4,000 deaths. I know I say only, it's still 4,000 deaths, but it's a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. Of the 46,000 active cases at the moment, 90% are mild. Mm-hmm. If you are aged between 10 years old and 50, your death rate chances are like 0.2%. Mm-hmm. So it is very, very mild. Yeah. If if you're older than 70, you're in a bit more of a risk. But basically the coronavirus, it is a glorified flu. Mm-hmm. It is really not that deadly. It's just more contagious. Is that what it's those issues It's super contagious, yes. Mm. It's like a flu. Yeah. Honestly, the the death rate and the death rate is actually probably lower than 0.2 because some people experience such mild cases of coronavirus that they probably don't even get tested. True. So if you're a healthy adult, honestly, if you're between like 10 and 50 years old, you there's a chance that you've got coronavirus and didn't even know. It. We were sick for about 2 weeks and we were quarantined by like not by choice. We were just stuck in the middle of nowhere in Edmonton. There's a chance that we had coronavirus. It's very possible. And we are fine. And honestly, like, there's that many people who have probably become sick and might have even had corona that haven't been tested, that the number is probably of cases is probably way higher than what they actually quoted. And that means that the death rate is even much, much lower. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to people, not to people, like a little bit of a PSA to people. Shout out. Shout out. To just chill, just cool your jets. Don't be fighting people over fucking toilet paper. Oh my like, gosh. There's enough supplies to go around and you just need to chill. Coronavirus is not going to kill you unless you are old or unless you have some pre-existing medical condition. If you have, if you're either one of the two, then you should be concerned. But you should also be concerned of the flu and, and all kinds of viruses. True. So if you're immune to, immune deficiency or things like that, then you should obviously be cautious. But if you're just a normal person, like just chill. You don't need 40,000 rolls of toilet paper. We will we'll post a couple links to some of the toilet paper fighting videos because they're pretty funny. They're crazy. And I just want to say as a travel takeaway that you should just keep traveling. I mean, I wouldn't go to Wuhan, China right now. You know, probably just, not. Yeah, just probably not. But Hey, you'd get very cheap tickets. Very cheap tickets. But I would only say, the only thing that I would say about traveling or to not travel right now with corona is that a lot of the travel industry is being very interrupted at the moment so events are being canceled places are being closed so i would just say that if you were traveling right now i wouldn't say cancel your flight i would just say do research into where you're going to make sure that you'll have the fullest experience Mm -hmm. because for instance if you want to go to paris and it's your dream trip and you want to see this place and this place and this place and they close all that down, then obviously you're not going to have a, as fun a time. True. So Good point. that is it. So I would say... And don't book a cruise probably. Oh, fuck the cruises off. The cruise that. industry is probably 
in just the worst place right now. Yeah, yeah, like no, I can't imagine can go. I can't imagine anybody's booking a cruise right now. Like not one person. Cruise industries will take years to recover from this. You'd probably have the cruise all to yourself though. Cruise and Corona. Cruise and Corona. Corona cruise. The Corona cruise. Yeah. Just put all the people with Corona on one cruise. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. That is the coronavirus update. It's very quick. You are fine. The world is fine. And that is my medical and professional opinion. Well, we are a medical blog. That's medical it. Medical podcast. Wow. Corona. Thank you for that enlightening expose. No worries. I'm going to try to minimize the amount of times we talk about it on the podcast, but I thought it had been a couple of weeks since we mentioned it. And I thought it was important just to uh, have a little brief one. But Christine, yeah. run us home with a feel-good story because we've got to get out of this park because as we were ro- – I don't know if you saw those two kids that walked past before. Uh-huh. But they looked into the van, and I'm just thankful that Christine is with me because I would have looked like a very, very sketchy man sitting in a van uh, outside a park. With a microphone. With a microphone, just with something to say. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's a good thing I'm here. I make everything less creepy. Yep. So this story is called Los Gatos. Oh. I've decided to call it. Um, I just want to preface this story by saying that I wanted to share it because I think we all need a feel-good story right now with all this crazy mm-hmm. cronyness. And also because we left everyone hanging about the dog we tried to rescue in San Francisco from our first podcast Very episode. first episode. Yeah. So we talked about how we hopped out of the car in San Francisco and tried to rescue this dog. And we don't know what happened with the dog. It disappeared. Yes. But we also, the way we told the story is that we, we kind of said, and then like that was it. And it kind of sounded like the dog died. So... We don't know if the dog died or not. I'm going to say it didn't. Somebody grabbed it, but we don't actually know. We don't know what happened to the dog. I choose to believe that the dog was totally fine. Yeah, of course it was fine. It was, it was pretty, fine, you guys. Well, actually, it looked like a pretty dumb dog, but anyway. It was a little bit crazy, but it, it was fine. But anyway, this is a happy animal story because I know everybody was upset about that story. So this comes from a listener named Jamie. Her Instagram is at a world full of color underscore. Oh. So thank you, Jamie, for submitting this story. So last October, Jamie, so like 2019, Jamie was in Dominican Republic with her husband and friends. So first of all, shout out to Jamie for going to the DR around that time, because I don't know if you remember, but it was like tons Mm. of bad press about Dominican Republic tourism. Dominican Republic is beautiful. It's so beautiful. But they had some issues with some tainted alcohol and some other things, and people were kind of dropping dead. And yeah, just getting, something like that. Having issues, getting assaulted and whatnot. Um, just, you know, very isolated encounters. But everybody was freaking out, saying you can't go to the Dominican Republic. But Jamie still went, so kudos to Jamie for not letting that scare her away. You go, Jamie. So they stayed at a resort on Bavaro Beach in Punta, Punta Cana, which we've been to. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the resort was gorgeous, apparently, really nice. And the resort had a lot of stray cats. Now, Jamie has fully admitted to being a crazy cat lady. She loves cats. You're not calling her out on the podcast for the first time. Well, she has agreed to let this story be told with her name, and she is the one who said that she is obsessed with cats. Jamie, crazy cat lady. (laughs) Yeah, you go, girl. Own it. I like it. So she said she spent the better part of her trip chasing these cats and basically trying to get them to be friends with her, (laughs) which, I mean, we can make fun of that, but if there's ever a dog, we are exactly the same. Dog, there's a dog here. Dog, there's a dog here. We... 
love dogs and we want all of them to be friends with us. So imagine if there was a resort full of puppies and, yeah, I mean, we would just not that get anything done. That sounds like a done. good business idea. Puppy resort. Oh Puppy God, resort. That would be awesome. So one night after dinner, her and her husband are walking to their room and they hear a faint sound of a kitten crying from behind some dark bushes. So, of course, they have to go and investigate. They find a white orange, uh, white orange, white and orange. So white orange. It's a new color. It's white orange. Yeah. It's a blend. A uh, white and orange mama cat and her two little kittens beside her. Then, Meow. I know, so cute, little babies. Then they see that there's another little kitten that has fallen into a ditch and can't get out. Poor little kitty. Poor little guy. So immediately okay. she's like, okay, boom, spring into action. We have to save this freaking kitten. Okay, like, I'm a kitten rescuer now. We're, this is our trip now. And her husband's like, oh, my God, no. He, this, he's is my, this is my life now. This is my life now. I live here now. I live in the Dominican Republic until this cat can get out of this ditch. And I rescue all the cats. So she goes back to her room and calls the maintenance person. And she tells a lie about needing a ladder to get her phone because she figured they might not do anything if she said there's like a kitten that needs to be rescued. So when the maintenance guy gets there, she fesses up and shows him the trapped kitten. He seems like he doesn't really care but and says, like, the kitten will climb out on his own. But she's like, nope, I'm not get, giving up. So the next day, she recruits her friends that they're vacationing with to help her out. They're at the ditch. They're looking at the kitty. It's still there. They're brainstorming how to get the kitty out. And then they see another maintenance man who's a little bit more sympathetic. He tells them that the wires in the ditch are connected to a huge industrial generator that powers at least four of the buildings in the resort. So going into the ditch could be extremely dangerous and possibly deadly. Whoa. Yeah. Electric kitty. Yeah. So they're like, oh, my God, this poor kitty is going to get electrocuted. Or if they go down there, they could get electrocuted. You know, it's a pretty intense situation. Yeah. I'd be like, sorry, kitty, I'm out. Sorry, kitten. Maybe they can make like a little harness <laughs> to lower down and pull the kitty out. That'd be awesome. A lasso, kitten lasso. So right after he warns them that they could die, the maintenance man takes off all his tools and any metal he has on him and drops into the ditch. So he's like, yeah, you could die, but I'll let me let me get in there. Unfortunately, he might have just made that up to just really, you know, he's like, oh. I really want to be the hero here. Probably. It's like those those cables, they're just nothing. It's yeah. Like, I don't know, guys. This is this is pretty. They're like pretty old dangerous cables. stuff. Yeah, and he's like taking off his metal. He's like, I got this, guys. Hold my tool belt. Yeah. So unfortunately, when he dropped down there, the kitten was so scared that it went and hid into a construction tube, and they couldn't get it out. So he was like, I can't sit here all day. I gotta go. So they go to breakfast because breakfast equals brain food. Got to do it. Uh, and, just, you know, brainstorm over breakfast, which is, you know, you got to eat some hash browns before you get the best yeah, ideas. Yeah, of course. The best ideas come over pancakes and hash browns. And maybe a mimosa or two. And maybe a mimosa. Brain so, fluid. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I was going to go down to a ditch with a bunch of live wires, I would definitely want some mimosas <laughs> in my system. So when they get back, they realize that the ditch is not as deep as they thought, so they could probably just drop down like the guy did that. It's like the maintenance man. So one of their friends named Izzy, run, they take off their shoes, runs into the ditch, and quickly grabs the kitty before it can run into the tube. 
And then he passes the kitty up and they give him back to his mama and siblings who seemed grateful for a second, but then just, you know, immediately ran off. Well, they're off. just hanging around still. Yeah, the the kitten and the, the mom and the siblings were like meowing down to the kitten. Aww. Yeah, she was, the mom was basically like, come back up here. And the kitty's like, I can't. <laughs> and so they reunited the family and oh, they all ran away nice together. Story. Isn't that nice? So it's a very nice thank story. goodness for Jamie and her friends and husband because they saved this kitty who might probably would have just stayed down there and perished. I well, would think. Good work, guys. Yeah, good work. So uh, that makes me feel good about uh, people traveling. Yes, that is a good result. Yeah. And thank you, Jamie, for submitting that story. And for everybody who over the last 24 hours, no. <laughs> Last twenty four episodes <laughs> has submitted their stories. Maybe we'll do a marathon one day of uh one episode per hour. Wow, that would be intense. That'd be really intense. So thank you. And if you want your story told, remember that you can go to notsobonvoyage.com dot com slash submit and we will give you a shout out for telling your story. And you can also hit us up on Instagram at notsobonvoyage to tell us your story if you want there, because we're all ears. We're all ears. We're all ears, baby. And this podcast is actually coming out a day earlier than what it has. The last two weeks have come out Wednesday. We are determined, even though we're vanning, to get you this episode by Tuesday, US time. Wednesday for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Well, for for Australia. But thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We, We do need to wrap up because we need to... I feel like my time in this park is up. And I need to leave before I end up in the Connell uh, jail myself. The correctional facility. The correctional facility. And we need to keep hitting the road because we're California bound. Warm weather, here we come. Yes. Get us back in the sunshine. Yep. All right, guys. We are going to wrap it up for now. And that's pretty much all we've got to say for it, except that thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. And remember, Christine. Stay safe. And if you're not, make sure you tell us about it. Peace, homie. Bye, bitches.